Love. What is love? In this first episode, filmmakers, poets, aviators, musicians, cave divers, environmentalists, writers and artists explore what love means to them. I love my mother. I love black women who plant flowers as sheepish as their sons. By the time the blooms unfurl themselves for a few hours of light, the women who tend them are already at work. How does a dying person know when it's over? They say that your life flashes before your eyes, but that isn't happening to me now. All I can think is about escaping from the water that I love more than anything else. I've spent my life immersed in a relationship with this element that nourishes and destroys, boys up and drowns, that it has both freed me and taken the lives of my friends. Love is a gift that springs from an unlit spot, rosin and rue. Even when I'm in the dark, I'm in the dark with you. We're talking about the heart as an emblem for love, connection. Say it quivers rather than contracts, fluttery with ruptions. Doctors call it holiday heart. Valentine's Day, named for a saint whose head is venerated in Rome, is also National Organ Donor Day. So I'm an explorer. I love the beauty of the world. I've seen fantastic things like the delta of the Ganges River in the Gulf of Bengali during a moonlight. I've seen the deserts with the dunes, with the rocks of the sunrise with my solar-powered airplane. I've flown above oceans where there were whales jumping in the water and the big bunches of dolphins when I was flying with solar impulse. It's beautiful, but it's not enough to motivate people. And don't forget one thing. What we are damaging is not the beauty of nature. What is damaging is the quality of life of human beings on Earth. Because we can still have beautiful things to see. But if we have a climate change, if we have tropical disease in Europe, if we have heat waves, floods, droughts, millions of climate refugees, life will be miserable even if nature is still beautiful. Well, firstly, just to go back from the beginning, my father used to play music really loud. And those were days when there were 78s. So a 78 would be about three or four minutes on the record, you know, and then you'd have to take it off and turn over the record to play the other side. And so I grew up listening to Wagner and Puccini, things like that. So that's where I got a sort of love of music. Then after that, there was an, another person who I connected with who loved music from New Orleans. And I just fell in love with that music. And I went to New Orleans and I spent time there. And that was the best music coming out of the world was from New Orleans. And that's where it all started. And so I had those different opportunities of learning this different music and getting a feel for it. And, you know, music was the main thing in my life, really, from an early stage or all the way along. I, the people, to the things that are, were, and come to be. We were once what we know when we make love. When we go away from each other because we have been created at Tenth and A in winter and of trees and of the history of houses, we hope we are notes of the musical scale of heaven. I, the people so repetitious in my vision of, and we are the masters of hearing and saying at the double edge of body and breath, we, the lovers and the eyes all over inside her. When the wedding is over, I wear your colors. In my dreams, we are moving through corridors, 
and taking each other by the hand. And there's music playing in other rooms, but we barely hear it for the pulse of blood that leads us to leave our lives behind. All the children and the mothers and disappointed lovers who are waiting for us in other rooms with all their obligations and timetables and needs and certainties and clockwork lives. In my dreams there are no clocks, only shadows and cries of love and arguments which end in lovemaking. I felt when two boxes get too close to hit each other, they hug each other, and not because they love each other. Because when two people get too close, it becomes too hard to strike each other, hard not to smell the humanity on one another. It's confusing to see our reflection in our enemy's eyes. It helps us start to recognize where our actions might be misaligned with the identities that we've defined. When he was a lover, he was a lover in order that the beautiful woman he was caressing might, at that memorial, stand only at the end, mind you, and in a soft voice say, I just wanted to mention that he was a wonderful lover, and then ten women, emboldened, would stand and in a quickly accelerating crescendo say, he certainly was, and it would be a moment of great humor. All the animals were making love. It was the day for it. All the other animals but a wolf who hid listening to the slide trombone of his own breath, who lay in the dim room, quiet but for the simmer of breaths of lovers outside. It was their day. Ladybird says, sure, I guess I, I pay attention. And the nun says, don't you think maybe they're the same thing, love and attention? It's an incredible script that Greta Gerwig wrote. It's not obvious, that sentiment that she says. I think that's why she has to point it out to the Ladybird character. But I think if we're lucky in our lives, we can choose the path that we want to go down, whether it's something creative or in the arts or something else. And I think if you're lucky, you can spend your life or your career following something you really love or spending time following the path and spending that time paying the attention that the craft or the hobby or the creative pursuit wants. And that's the thing that contributes most to a film is just really giving it your all. That's all I can do on a movie. I can't really make a movie good or not. Because that's decided by the spectator. That's not in my control. All I can do is give it everything that I have. Like, that's just the love I have to give. So why bring in all these other things? Just set it up so you can give it everything that you got each time. So Intergalactic tells the story of a Black modern love story in New York City. It's simple in its court. So it tells the story of Jabari, who's Scott's character, graffiti artist in New York City, when he meets Meadow, who's his neighbor, and she's this amazing woman, photographer, coolest cat on the planet. And essentially this show follows their love story. So there's something very warm in its aesthetic. But what's so interesting is that the love story is very nostalgic. It's it just harkens back to what a good romance feels like. And what was interesting watching it for the first time was I didn't realize how much I missed seeing that from the U.S. The living world is enormously enriching to human life. I think that was the first thing that I felt. I don't think I articulated it that way, but I just loved animals. I loved all the different things that he did, all the different ways they looked how you can never know enough about them. They're always just totally fascinating. I think that was the first thing that I learned. And the only place in the universe where we have detected living things is this planet. 
Are there living things elsewhere among the billions and billions and billions of stars? Quite possibly, but life is at least extremely rare because everywhere people who've spent their careers looking for it, they have not found any. So we tend to take living for granted. I think that might be the biggest limitation of human intelligence is to not understand with awe and reverence and love that we live in a miracle that we are part of and that we have the ability to either nurture or destroy. This podcast is produced by Mia Funk with the participation of collaborating universities and students. Thanks for listening.